Hey Carlos, after over a year of attempting different methods to get anyone to listen, we finally got a bit of feedback. One of the common complaints was that we are not entertaining enough. I guess we messed up. I don't know about you, but I sincerely thought that people wanted solutions to sustainability, not entertainment. Better cue up the music now, lest we bore our three listeners. Welcome to Viable Underdogs. Something something cool things, something something sustainability. We thought we were done with episode 37, and here we are, wasting even more of our time. Before we go on, I want to mention that I do sincerely appreciate the feedback received that we will be discussing in the episode. The responses provided that we will discuss are not directed at the individuals themselves, rather they are responses to the comic complaints received. And yes, it's a bit disheartening to not have more traction at this point, and I'd be lying if I said I'm not venting some of these frustrations, though they're not really directed at anyone. To say I'm frustrated is a massive understatement. For this reason, I have begun labeling the recent episodes as negative numbers, because there's not really much more to say at this point. While this is technically episode 41, we are calling it episode negative 4 because I would much rather be fixing this problem than still talking about it. If you feel like your time is being wasted listening to this episode, I feel my time is also being wasted writing it, recording it, and editing it. Based on the feedback received, we made the following updates that we will list now and will discuss in more detail later in the episode. Number one, we have switched the slow acceptance of new ideas to the number one spot to reflect the fact that this is the hardest hurdle we are attempting to overcome. Number two, we have added a new sixth problem which we will be introducing shortly. Number three, we have started a YouTube channel under the channel name Viable Underdogs. There are currently four videos up. These are added as an additional method to help communicate the points we are attempting to make in this podcast. As well, on the YouTube channel, make sure you check out our liked videos for videos others have made that expand on ideas we briefly mentioned. Again, this is under the liked videos area. If you don't know what that is, just Google it. I'm only saying that because I had to Google it to know what it was and how it worked. I'm not super active on social media, as you can clearly see. There's a video from Big Think explaining lateral thinking. There are two separate videos discussing game theory, the prisoner's dilemma, and the Nash equilibrium that we discussed in episode 10. And there is also the video from the United Nations from last episode. As of September 2019, that United Nations video has 20,000 views. Please help us increase the number of people who have heard the United Nations global crisis message. Viable Underdogs currently has zero association with the channels themselves, but these individual videos do a great job and oftentimes better job at explaining concepts than I have. Number four, I have decided to take it upon myself to address the issue of the fall of journalism. Again, more details later in the episode. With that out of the way, here it goes. In most episodes, we refer back to the other relevant episodes by number, but we won't do that too much today. Mainly because I have mostly stopped mostly caring, 
In our executive summary episode, we referenced which episodes refer to the slow acceptance of new ideas. As a species, we are very slow to accept new ideas. Less than 2.5% of people see the value in new ideas. And to be clear, this is not a question of someone's intelligence. If you don't know anything about calculus, and I gave you an 8-hour crash course on calculus, you may understand some of the principles at the end of the 8 hours. But chances are, you would need to do more research and more work on your own time to fully understand the concepts. This podcast, or research paper, is the same idea. Statistically, only 2.5% of people will bother to do the extra research work until they understand the value in the idea. It's not a question of a person's level of intelligence. It's a question of interest and curiosity. Are you curious enough to read my sources and see if there is legitimacy to my claims? And if you're not, that's fine. I already told you what to do. Forward this chain podcast on to other people you know who may be more interested. I know you're busy. I am trying to save you time. For this reason, Carlos and I are making changes to our diagnostic we have done in previous episodes. The slow acceptance of new ideas is being promoted to the number one spot since this is the problem causing us the most grief at the moment. Second, we are adding a problem. Problem number six to the five we have already outlined already. And although problem number six is a fairly big problem, it also feels like we're making some amount of progress, so we will cue up the music for dramatic reveal. Introducing problem number six, the strict usage of terminology. To explain this problem, let's go back to the analogy we often use here, automobiles. What does a power steering pump do in a vehicle? Psst, I'll give you a hint. For a large part on cars, the part name is the same as its function. A power steering pump pumps power steering fluid. An oil pump pumps oil. A harmonic balancer balances the harmonics, otherwise known as power pulses. What does a torque converter do? It converts torque. You get the idea. But what about a water pump? What does a water pump do? If you answered, pumps water, well, you would be incorrect. Stop the presses! How could this be? How can you call something by such a misleading name? And how does it every vehicle on the road not all simultaneously blow up? There is two technicalities in there. First off, if you want to be a thousand percent technically correct, a cooling system contains coolant. Yeah, water is part of the mixture within the fluid, but it is called coolant, not water. So it should be called a coolant pump. The second technicality is that water pumps only circulate the engine coolant. They do not create pressure. The system is under pressure, but that pressure is created through other processes and components, like the radiator cap. The water pump does not create pressure, so it shouldn't actually be called a pump. It creates flow, not pressure. So it should be called a coolant circulator. Now, the majority of mechanics and car lovers know this, 
but an average person who just uses their car to get from point A to point B probably doesn't. And if this individual is not that interested in cars, they may not really care about the specifics. Just like we covered in great detail in episode 18, in this case, simplicity is better than accuracy. Explaining to each customer that a water pump is not technically a water pump will likely only result in confusing some people. Not because they're dumb, but there is simply too much knowledge out there and too much to worry and stress out about these days to worry about these kinds of specifics all the time. Is this information relevant and important to auto mechanics and auto engineers? Of course! If they assume a water pump creates pressure, it could lead to incorrect diagnosis of a vehicle. But once this info leaves this field, it needs to be simplified. If you, as an individual, want to correct me on my loose, simplified use of terminology, that is certainly your prerogative. But all that will happen is that it will take longer for these new ideas to become accepted. Academics are often too concerned about being accurate when they discuss things from their own field to other fields. We already discussed this in episode 18. If they were in charge of labeling the parts on a car, I guarantee it would only needlessly add confusion. Why? Because they are not experts in communicating ideas and translating them to make sense in various fields. Look at the confusion created around the problems they have attempted to communicate to the public on the subject of sustainability. Global warming. See episode 18 as to why this is not a great name for this problem. Climate change. It's a better name, but the problem lies with the fact that there are two different versions of climate change. Natural, as in caused by nature, and artificial, as in caused by us humans. Do you think that the overly accurate nature of these terms possibly only results in confusion among the general population? Because I've got news for you, it has. We had a newer listener asking me why I continuously boast about simplifying my ideas, thereby possibly creating the impression that anyone listening is dumb. I appreciate that feedback, and this is certainly not the impression I want people to have. To clarify, my concern was that people would try to correct my simplified use of terminology. I was more worried about you, my listeners, finding me dumb, by not using terms 100% correctly, not the other way around. And again, I have been asking for this type of feedback for a long time now. But I read somewhere recently that people are slow to accept new ideas. Or maybe I listened to it in a podcast with a super bubbly, over-the-top, entertaining, and charming host. Hmm... I don't think I am more intelligent than anyone else. Knowledgeable on this particular subject, yes. But that is easily solved by anyone reading the books and sources I have referenced. It's one thing when I tell you that people are slow to accept new ideas. It's another entirely to read it in more detail in a book written by another expert. As well, it appears that some misunderstand me when I mention that PhDs don't realize the debate on the subject of our climate crisis is long over. I'm not trying to put any individuals down. 
I am presenting further evidence that the communication problem is so widespread that even those with PhDs are not insulated from the problem. Our government had a built-in fail-safe, as we discussed in episode 33, but unfortunately it appears our academics have not. They are quite susceptible to these communication problems. I have attempted to promote these ideas and these strategies in a variety of ways, including different ways to engage people in person. It's not to say I have convinced no one, but it has been almost nine months of me actively promoting these ideas, and all I have to show for it is maybe 10 or 15 somewhat interested listeners, none of which, to my knowledge, have taken the time to check any of the sources. I know you're all busy, that's why I created episode 39. And I had people tell me that they hated that episode and wouldn't listen to anything else because I irritated them so much that they apparently don't even care if we can save the planet. Well, none of my other attempts were enough to gain an audience. I just keep trying new methods. I'm not trying to offend anyone. Usually. As part of this latest strategy that I started in September of 2019, I launched two separate marketing or promotional campaigns simultaneously. I launched the $5,000 sustainability challenge on Instagram, and I launched the quote research paper on Reddit that I asked people to quote peer review. The $5,000 sustainability challenge got all of one like and zero comments and zero messages. To restate, I am so desperate to have someone anyone listen to me that I am willing to put up $5,000 of my own cash. And I know that that's a ridiculous thing to do. And even still, no one is listening. Which is why Carlos and I decided to move up the slow acceptance of new ideas to the coveted number one spot. In fact, I lost Instagram followers over it. I didn't spam either. Two individual posts over the course of a week and I lost followers. I'm not saying this because I'm butthurt over it. Well, I'm a bit disappointed, but for the most part, the reason I mention it is to add further evidence outlining the difficulty at gaining any sort of traction or interest in these new ideas. These new ideas that aren't really new. On to Reddit. I posted on Reddit that I had converted my research paper into a podcast, which is true, and I was asking others if they could take the time to check it out and review it for me, and I posted this exclusively on forums concerned about sustainability. These are forums asking for these types of ideas. Before I read some of the responses to you, I want to be clear that I appreciate these random strangers taking time to provide input. It's more than I have received literally anywhere else and provides useful insight into the sustainability problem. None of my responses I make are targeted at these specific individuals, but rather they are common responses I received. On the site, I tried to remain cordial and polite because I do appreciate the input. That said, I will do what I can to make this more entertaining. Hopefully it's entertaining enough to convince you to keep listening and forward this podcast on. But that said, well, just listen to the responses and come to your own conclusions. Let me read to you some of the responses I received. Response number 1. 
Is there a link to your research paper? All you mention is a podcast. I'm not going to listen to a podcast, but I am willing to read. Not an unfair request, but if you were legitimately concerned about sustainability, wouldn't you put up with this minor inconvenience? Response number two. Write a one-page summary of your ideas, with nothing about you or your process. You can't really expect people to care about this stuff unless you can do that. My bad. I thought people on a sustainability forum cared about sustainability. Your comment is well noted. Response number trois. Your problem is twofold, and it's partially why you are being received negatively here. You made a baby, a podcast series, but you are misrepresenting it as a research paper. It's just of like holding a newborn in your hands and telling everyone he's getting so old and you can't believe it. Don't take this as a prescription from me about what is and isn't research. I agree with you in abstract that a podcast can count as research. However, the Venn diagram of people here who are interested and capable of peer review and who have a time to listen to a random person's podcast is almost two separate circles. For the record, I support your cause, though I already have too many podcasts lined up. Have you asked anyone you know in real life whose work, ideas, etc. you like to listen to it and ask for their feedback slash assistance? If you have any creative friends that might be interested in helping you edit it? I'm not saying it needs editing, I haven't listened to it, but 39 episodes of anything clearly means you have been developing it for some time with rigor and care. So good luck, man. This is a decent response. This person doesn't argue the terminology. If you have listened to the previous episodes, you know what my response is to the second part. Again, not an unfair comment, and it's probably hard to believe. The slow acceptance of new ideas. And sadly, this person didn't listen to the podcast either. Response number 4. Okay, so I listened to your episode, and the reason you can't get your research paper peer-reviewed is because you haven't written a research paper. If you've actually done publication quality research, you should already be familiar with journals in the field. After all, where are you getting your information from? <coughs> the United Nations! <coughs> NASA! Anywhere not affected by the fall of journalism. Oh boy, something is really stuck in my throat. Then you need to have it in a specific format so that it is perfectly clear what your claims are, what methods you've used, and how the results support your claims. A rambling podcast does not cut it. I respect your enthusiasm, but science is careful and methodical, and you're trying to skip the basic steps. Science is clearly not careful and methodical enough to find ways to minimize academic arrogance. These solutions could have been discovered and implemented decades ago if they got their heads out of their butts. Your unquestioning reliance on these processes and their effectiveness is exactly why the world is in the current pickle it is. Response number sank. Podcast is not a research paper. Write a research paper using known and respected referencing system and try to incorporate related theorists to critique, respond to, or use as supporting sources. At this point, journals and academics may pay attention. To expect anyone in the realm of academia to listen to a podcast is absurd. Consider how busy they typically are and inundated with papers to read alongside their own projects. If they were to listen to it and find the points important, they'd just ask you to write a paper anyway. Of course they would ask me to write a paper, because they have no concept of urgency on these problems. Why do they have no concept of urgency? 
because they have not insulated themselves from these communication and perception problems I have outlined in great detail. The United Nations launched their global crisis message over a year ago. It is currently September 2019, just to be clear. Hello from the past yet again! Response number cease. Your problem is telling people about yourself. Here in this post are exactly zero of your ideas. Lots about you and your struggle though. For some reason, you put the introduction to your ideas as the 39th and last podcast in your research, quote, paper. Really, a podcast series. And in that supposed 10-minute introduction, where people are looking to hear your ideas, you spend the first few minutes at least talking about who you were and weren't. Maybe you got to your ideas eventually, but I stopped wasting my time by then. My attempts to literally save this dumb planet are wasting others' time. My apologies. Response number set. I don't think a podcast can be, quote, peer-reviewed in the definition of the term as used in science. If you want some random Redditor's opinions, that's great, but you shouldn't refer to that as peer review. I'd take any random person's opinion. Anyone that has technician-level education is a peer of mine. That's all I have to offer. And rather, I take pride in it. Being a technician, a good one, is a challenging job. Just as hard as any other job out there. This, this peer review request goes out to the entire world, encompassing any and all occupations or just even anyone interested. You are my peers. My apologies if that part was unclear. It would just be great if anyone listened. These types of comments go on for some time. Again, none of the comments had to do with the content itself, but here is one that really caught my eye. Numero 8. As so-and-so and so-and-so already pointed out, the meta-information kills the podcast. It frustrates the audience's expectation because you promise ideas on the topic, but then they are hidden in e.g. only 1% of the duration, episode 39. When episode 36 finally gets to the table of contents of the other episodes, that works as a teaser. However, due to listening experience, I will not click on them. What I would come back for is, for example, a video by some bubbly YouTuber or article by a journalist who presents all the on-topic ideas of the podcast series in one 10-minute video or article. Sorry, princess. I thought you wanted solutions and not entertainment. But let it never be known that I do not accept feedback. As stated, I have taken these helpful responses and made the changes previously discussed. The slow acceptance of new ideas has been bumped up, and I have added this strict terminology idea as problem number six. As well, in order to become more entertaining and quote bubbly, Carlos has offered to kind of hoor himself out for your benefit and entertainment pleasure. Starting soon, Carlos will become insta-famous as we highlight him in different photos and poses. These will be humorous, possibly provocative, and sometimes even seductive. There won't be a dry seat in the house. Check out his Instagram. Might as well enjoy it. It's his Instagram now. You're welcome. As well, I added a short six-minute video outlining the problem of communication on our YouTube channel, and I will be adding in more videos further simplifying these ideas, because I have nothing better to do with my time. I will leave a link to this new video on YouTube. 
These take me a long time to make, so don't expect anything crazy quick. I honestly thought someone else may have been interested in making these, rather than myself, who has again, zero experience making videos or podcasts, recording things, writing research papers. I'm just a dude who diagnoses problems and fixes them, but you're welcome yet again. Before I move on to the next point, I should mention that the Reddit campaign may have yielded some results. I had a gentleman get in touch after listening. He called me and we chatted on the phone for several hours. Hopefully it does go somewhere, but I'm losing faith at this point, seeing as how we I lost track which plan I'm currently working on. Plan F, Plan G, I don't know. Guess we'll see if it goes anywhere, and of course, there will be an update on here if it does. So going back to the whole terminology idea, I have a question for you all. Why can't a research paper be turned into a podcast? What would you have done if you attempted to present a strategy to combat a problem that was so bad that the people you were presenting the strategy to were affected by the problem? To restate, the communication problem is so bad that academics and schools have been affected by it. They too do not realize that the debate is long over, and the fall of journalism has some journalists incorrectly labeling countries. And really let that sink in. That's how little funding they have in some places. How many schools are affected? Or how many individuals inside these schools? I don't know. Maybe it's 10%. Maybe it's 90%. And less than 2.5% of them, statistically, will see the value in new ideas and concepts. And that's assuming there are no communication problems, which there are. Last episode, we further explored this concept by showing you a one-year-old global crisis message that has 20,000 views on YouTube. I could probably wipe my own butt with the business diploma I managed to acquire during the course of my diagnostics, video it, and get more views than the United Nations video. I'm actually half tempted to try it now just to prove my point. On top of that, due to the divergence that has been occurring in academic fields for over 70 years, my academic field doesn't technically exist. Normally, I would present further evidence, but who am I kidding? No one's listening anyway. And you're probably asking yourself, if no one's listening, why am I still uploading new episodes? Well, I told myself I had till the end of October to further promote these strategies and gain traction. I think there's a higher chance of me finding myself inside a Victoria's Secret sandwich, but hey, you never know, right? If you would have done differently and decided to keep trying to enlist the help of schools, then great. I would have loved to have had your input and ideas. I am on my own. I have to make my own judgment calls based on the info I have on hand. My hunch is that enough schools have been affected that it lowers the 2.5% of innovators present on the subject of sustainability, and we are running short on time. Should I really keep pursuing this route? Doesn't appear like the correct method if you ask me. But back to the subject of terminology. Turning a research paper into a podcast has become a necessity. This was not plan A. Yes, I am well aware that this is highly unorthodox. But what is the definition of a research paper? 
According to aresearchguide.com, which is the first site that came up when I inputted into Google, here is the definition of a research paper. A research paper is a piece of academic writing based on its original author's research on a particular topic, and the analysis and the interpretation of the research findings. It can be either a term paper, a master's thesis, or a doctoral dissertation. Last I checked, my podcast is writing based on my original research. To be clear, I'm not an academic. I'm a mechanic, a technician. I understand how to diagnose and repair complicated systems, and our communication system is in need of repair. This podcast should correct it. Problem is, no one's listening to it. And when I say no one, I mean I have a handful of listeners. A handful. And even if they think I'm right, they, unlike me, don't like to make a scene. I hope we can get your attention soon. This message represents millions of people who are trying to implement profitable and realistic solutions, but they are having great difficulty. Not from any sort of conspiracy, these are profitable solutions, but I have personally spoken to two people on the front lines of the sustainability problem, and they are still having to sell their services hard. I mean hard. If these are profitable solutions, shouldn't people be lining up to take them up on this? I've got proof if you really want to see it, but go ask. Go ask your sustainability consultants. Go ask your energy auditors. Engineering firms that specialize in GHG reduction. I had one tell me over email that the problems are almost never technical. Just plain old inertia. People not caring. So why is this? These people's perceptions is not aligned with the reality of the situation, that this is a crisis. We've got the solutions. Our systems have been piling them up for years, but there is a communication problem. The Secretary General of the UN said, and I quote, I have asked you here to sound the alarm. And here is the question I have for you. You have another decision to make. You have to decide for yourself whether I have succumbed to madness, or did the United fucking nations just declare we are on the verge of global civilization collapse a year ago, and you are just getting this message now? The speed of which depends on how much your fellow earthlings cared to help me spread this message. It is September 2019. I have offered up my own cash. No listeners. We mentioned before on the show that we may have to add more problems to the list started back in episode 36. Currently, there are five problems. We are making the following changes, and if it is still unclear why this research paper is a podcast, well, if it was an actual written paper, then we would have to resubmit every time we had something else we discovered. In this case, it's as easy as uploading a new episode. It provides the flexibility a problem as complicated as this requires. Here are the changes once again. Number one, the slow acceptance of new ideas is currently being promoted to the number one problem. And I can only assume will continue to be a massive problem as these ideas gain momentum. 
Number two, I am rewarding the problem of communication to correspond to the challenge it creates. Incorrect perception. Just like global warming creates the challenge of climate change, compromised communication, see episode 36, creates the challenge of incorrect perception. Number three, we have added problem number six, the overly strict usage of terminology. Even on forums concerned with sustainability, the people there still want entertainment and validation, not solutions. If the perception was correct, I suspect the responses I would have received would have been quite different. Am I repeating myself too much now? That is also up to you to decide. But I have done enough sales and customer service work in the past to know that there is a significant percentage of our population who doesn't listen all that well. Maybe you are that person. Maybe you're not. This is written for everyone, including those of you who don't listen too well. I don't always listen too well either. Who am I kidding? One last point of feedback I feel the need to touch on. The amount of work and time, particularly when I mention I have been at this for over two years. I am not claiming that two years of work makes me an expert on this subject. The reason I mention it is that I have been trying to get people to listen to my ideas and my diagnosis for over two years. And at the start of January 2019, I created the podcast as yet another method to have some people listen to me. This podcast is a backup plan. The fact that I am using it should tell you we're kind of pooched. We are running out of time. That's why I put a time limit on the $5,000 challenge. If this show, Viable Underdogs, doesn't have a massive global audience soon, and I mean preferably a few months, maybe a year if you really want to push it, the problem is I'm starting to suspect that by the time everyone agrees and takes the time to understand these ideas, that it will be too late. My thought process was that if we created a podcast, we could globally seek out the 2.5% who would send these ideas to one another. Problem is, due to the communication problems at play, the perception is incorrect, and very few people are listening. So here is the next idea. I am no longer promoting these ideas or this podcast. I will attempt to correct the journalism problem on my own. In order to skew the perception on sustainability just enough to make people more interested in hearing these ideas. And if you agree with me, you can help. Starting today, we will begin contacting any and all news outlets and asking them to update their wording on climate change and sustainability stories to match what The Guardian, the United Nations, NASA, National Geographic, Popular Mechanics, and many others are already saying. My assumption is at least a few of them will listen, right? In the episode description, I will leave a link to The Guardian article that mentions they were updating their terms. Feel free to use this when contacting these journalists. What do you think we're going to do? We'll also post the results of our attempts here. Let's see how it goes. We could have started working on this problem well over a year ago, and here I am wasting more time trying to promote these ideas when we could be actively solving this with the solutions I have presented. If you actually cared about the victims I outlined in episodes 9, 17, and 25, then you wouldn't complain about solutions when they are not presented in the format you prefer, 
and it is not as entertaining as you would like. And if any of what I said in this episode offends you, then good. I don't know what else I can do to convince you. Maybe this approach will work. Because as my man Gara likes to say, when did all of you forsake yourselves? Cheers. Thanks for listening, something something, the links are in the episode description. Last, I hesitated mentioning this before, at the risk of not being taken seriously, but then I'm not being taken seriously, so I guess that ship has long since sailed. There is an animated TV show that does a terrific job outlining examples of game theory, see episode 10, the organizational structure of our world, see episode 33, and a few other ideas. The name of this show? Naruto. Say what you will, but this show creates a whole new world and universe that presents a rather brilliant allegory. If you have watched Naruto, maybe you have noticed some of the following. The tailed beast represents weapons of mass destruction and mutually assured destruction. The tuning exams are an example of an international event created to boost relations and diplomacy within nations, much like the Olympics in our world. And while our world has five major roles in its organizational structure, see episode 33, the world of Naruto only has two that are mentioned in some detail. The hidden villages and nations they correspond to are the two roles, and in Naruto it is stated that these operate mostly independent of one another, but are essentially equal to one another. There's more examples too, but you'll have to check out the show. I recommend downloading one of the episode filler guides as they make viewing more streamlined. Though I did watch one or two filler episodes I still rather enjoyed. Just wait until you see Carlos's sexy jutsu on Instagram. Oh, and FYI, brand new reddit account and like 140 karma in an hour. I deserve a little credit for that first attempt, right? Just wait till you see my next trick. <laughs>